And I am out of the gulag and back on ScrewTube as well. So today we're on Facebook, we're on ScrewTube, we're on Twitch, we're on Twitter, Odyssey Float, and Rumble. So we are the full Monty again. And it is a Monday, and we're going to do a back-to-back episode, just like I promised you guys on Friday. Thank you for all the wonderful feedback on Friday's show. I, I like to at least once or twice a month go kind of cerebral like that and go deep thinker stuff into one aspect of psychology. Uh, I know this is the survival podcast. We talk about preparedness here, but if without mental preparedness, without mental sovereignty, you got nothing, guys. So that's why we did that. Uh, again, I get incredible feedback from those. What do we got today? Well, the troll sale is in full tilt. Many people are taking advantage of it. Becoming members with the uh, troll sale price. We'll give you that information at the end if you want to become a member and you're not one yet. But the Boostergrams are pouring in. I have a ton of them today. I think I'm going to have to start reading the Boostergrams, troll-related or not, on a daily basis to keep up with them because so many of you are exchanging value for value, especially since Fountain has made it so easy. We've been on the Value for Value podcast networks for a long time But unless you were a little bit tech-savvy and using a wallet like Breeze or something like that, it was the user side that was complicated. Fountain's now made it really easy. So we'll go through some of those booster grabs. And I even have a few that are not related to the trolls. We're going to talk more about the American breast chicken and uh, just a little bit. And I just want to let you guys know about the uh, Telegram group. So I talked about the breast chicken. Actually, I just put on a couple and let them talk about it, put a snippet of their video on it. And said, hey, I'd like to maybe get some people together around the country so that we can make sure that we can exchange. Because you can ship eggs easy, right? So we can keep our genetics diverse and actually work with this breed. Because it seems like the perfect dual-purpose chicken breed. There's over 106 people in the Telegram group. And the main way they're getting in that group is they email me. And go, I'm interested in this. And then I send them a So I'm just going to put out how you can get into that group today on the air. Uh, then we're going to talk about this miserable year of drought. Drought and ridiculous heat. And my final impetus to automate everything. Dorothy and I sit and we seem, we just feel disgusted at times. Um, looking and going, okay, what do we let die? That's literally where we're at this year. And if we automated things uh, and some of the irrigation that happened at like 2 o'clock in the morning, we'd have to make less of those hard decisions. So we'll talk about automation and how that actually gets you through tough times, which is what preparedness is all about. Um I am now more worried about food shortages than ever. A lot of it does have to do with the drought. I'll have a slide for you on that, if you're on the, on the video anyway. And could we be on our way to restarting the military draft? I'm going to tell you why I think it's it's not just uh, possible. I think it's becoming likely. And I'll tell you why a draft during peacetime is not something out of left field, really. Um, I'll tell you a little story about a guy named Elvis Presley in the draft and what people thought. Elvis Presley was drafted for, and if you looked at his age, it really wouldn't have worked uh, out that way. I have a question on container gardening. Can you do container gardening and have it be permaculture? Absolutely, we'll talk about that. Um, we're heading into a recession. We will officially be in, in a recession when the next quarter's numbers are released. But we're not in a recession because Secretary Yellen says we're not in a recession. I have a little video I'll play for you there. We'll talk about the parallels to 1984 when we just, like, I don't like what this thing is, so we'll just change the meaning of the word, or we'll just change what the word means, or we'll change when we decide the meaning of the word has been met, even if the meaning of the word has been met. Doublespeak. 
new speak, yeah. Old is new again, right? Um, the cops stole something called a splat blaster. This is a... Some of them are really cheap junk toys. Some are really pretty sophisticated. They're kind of an alternative to Airsoft. A lot of guys game with them and all. Especially like UK, they're really popular for gaming. Uh, an advantage over Airsoft is they're, they're far as I know, they're all AEG, so there's no air involved, even though the police said there was. And uh, they're cheaper for the ammo because you get these little tiny beads and you soak them in the water. And basically when they hit you, they either bounce off you or they pop in their water. So the cops took one from somebody in New York City, and that's that's its own thing, right? That's its own thing. However, however, they bragged about it on Twitter. It did not go well for them. I have some follow-up tweets to their tweet that are, well, they'll give you a good laugh today, if nothing else. We're also going to talk about these things. I, 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 I've pulled back appealing to a thing uh, that I didn't need to bring into my life right now because – the really good ones are kind of expensive, and you guys know I love, like, the professional training level uh, airsoft stuff. This looks like it might even be cooler in some ways, and I don't need to be spending big money on basically a grown-up's toy right now, but it could happen. Um, I want to talk a little bit about Chapter 14 of the Permaculture's Designer Manual today, and even though this isn't a Bitcoin breakout episode, we will invoke Bitcoin when we do that, and when we do, I think you'll see why. Because we need a banking system that is a parallel banking system to have a parallel economy. And something called Fediments mixed into something called Minimints is how we do that. And I'm going to show you a page right out of the Permaculture Designer's Manual. And then I'm going to show you a little bit about what these Minimints do. And then I'm going to let you simmer that around in your own brain for the rest of the week. And we'll come back, maybe talk about it again next week on a Bitcoin breakout. And then my item of the day today is some chili peppers with an amazing recipe. We'll talk about that. So that's what we got going on today. Sponsor of the day number one today, though, is Backwoods Home Magazine. This is how simple this is. 1993, young Jack Spirico gets out of the United States Army. He goes on a walk across a big piece of the northeastern United States, walking from Pennsylvania to New Hampshire. Then he comes and fulfills a promise he made to... A brother soldier, I will come visit you and hang out for a month or two and see what it's like in North Texas. And he never leaves. As he's finding his new life in the big city, which he's not accustomed to, he finds a magazine called Backwoods Home Magazine. He starts reading it back when people used to go to Barnes & Noble. And I would back then I would buy a coffee and spend all day there so I didn't feel like I was a schmuck and read as much as I could for the cost of one coffee instead of going to the library where all the shit was old. And I found this magazine there. When I got a good job, what did I do? Well, I subscribed to Backwoods Home Magazine in 1994. It's 2022. I'm still a subscriber. Maybe you should be a subscriber, too, if I've got that kind of longevity with me. Uh, next up today, the Ridge Wallet. Do I carry the Ridge Wallet? Well, here's my Ridge Wallet. been carrying this one for four years. It's still, like, brand new, except it's a little bit worn in the cover and finish, right? It's made out of titanium. You know, when you have a credit card or ID or anything anymore. They always have these RFID tags, you know, included in them. That's where you can tap to pay and stuff like that. Here's an interesting thing. Let's say you put one card in here and you went up to tap to pay. You know what's not going to happen? It's not going to work. You know why it's not going to work? Because it's shielded inside titanium, which means you're protected from identity theft. And there are people that literally go around stealing identities, credit card information, with parts you can buy on eBay. You get one of these, that doesn't happen. It's also really cool. It works really good. It makes you more of a minimalist. I have not missed my billfold since I started carrying this. And with that, before we 
plunge headlong into the boostergrams and the trolls, I just want to remind you I will never contact you for any personal information or private chat, etc. in video comments or on Instagram or anything like that. I don't have backup accounts. It's not me on another account. That's all bullshit. If you want to talk to me, then send me an email, and I will talk back to you. If you hear from me any other place, assume it's not me. Here's here's This is part of why we're doing the troll sale and the troll boostergrams right now. So it's a good lead-in. But here's something like I got a screenshot, and I should have put it in the deck that I have for you guys today, and I didn't. Guy emails me, so one of your uh, your imposters on Instagram just hit me up trying to get information from me. And the guy the guy asks this guy that's pretending to be me, well, what's your diet like, dude? And the guy's like, I'm like 60 to 70% fruit and vegetables, right? And he goes, yeah, I don't think you're Jack Spierko. So that, that imposter is a poor imposter. Um, please don't let any of these people deceive you. Please, if you think I'm contacting you, like if you think it's really me, Dude, send me an email and say, Jack, is it you? And I'll probably say no. Like, do not ever give anybody money, you know, off the books on the back end that claims to be me. Don't give them any personal information. Do that with all public personalities, by the way, have this problem. So just be careful, guys. All right. So starting out, let's get the boostograms up. And if I missed yours, I'm sorry. I'm doing the best I can to try to keep up with all of this. In fact, I want to go full present mode here for you. I want to read some of these to you for those of you that are not in the video. So these are all people either using Fountain or using something like Breeze or what have you, sending me boostergrams, which is a way you can send me value. You know, some of them are pretty big ones, and some of them are some smaller ones. But, hey, they are all participating in value for value. Bully Steed says, Troll Boost. I love the flow episode. Thank you. V for V. And he boosted me with, I think I cut off his number of stats, but it's like 2,000 up there. By the way, when I'm telling, if you, like, that's me, and I gave you more stats than that. This is from my summary, so it's probably after the split goes to Tom in the fountain. So Tom gets 20%. This is my web admin of all my boosts and my streaks. Uh, one of my favorite shows says user 525-something. Uh, Bitcoin Breakout, Adam Curry, value for value, 396 sats. Moose Steak says, Trolls, F them, 7,917 sats. Thank you, dude. Uh, next up, Troll Hunting, well done, Jack. JT the Red, that was from Six Counterintuitive Truths we did Monday, 396 sats. Thanks for that. Eight sats came in from user 260. Thanks for all you do. Jordan No 2, I listen to 30-some podcasts. The Survival Podcast earns me more sats by far than any other show. Bitcoin Audible is a respectable second, so you get paid to listen as well on uh, Fountain. Just realize there is a cap, and at some point you might stop getting sats, and it's not because you did anything wrong. It's just because they only pay so much out per day. Uh, Nurse Wang says, trolls, 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 and boosts 16 sats. User 6723-something says, thanks for introducing me to crypto. I've been very skeptical about it for a while, but your shows and interviews make it look like an asset. Dowie Farm, that's John Dowie, just says, Piker gave me 79 sats. Make the troll cry, says Rachel, the quackers, with 79 sats as well. Troll, have a great birthday, coming in from user 805-something, 79 sats. Jack, a lot of your content is germane in my W-2 work. I clipped your part and sent it to the supervisors that work for me. By the way, you orange-pilled me. I'm set up now and will be making my first Bitcoin buy tonight. Thanks for everything. This is my entire fountain wallet wish. It was more, 633 sats. 
Guys, you know, if you want to make your wallet have more money for value for value in Fountain, don't just get sats for listening. Fund it. It's really easy. We'll talk about that coming up in a bit here. 16 more sats from Nurse Wang says, troll, 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 troll. Uh, user 154.55, troll with four sats. Rich Rose, give me your tears, trolls. 238 sats. Drone B, troll tears are delicious after all. Monetize the trolls, Jack, and sent me 198 sats. 11,083 sats from Taylor Johnson. Trolls, trolls, trolls. Thanks, Jacks, for creating awesome content and for the inspiration. User 456187979 sats. How do I pay you for MSB troll in Bitcoin with Strike? I don't know what charges are, but I'm fond of BTC Pay Servers, a suggestion to build MSB Pay page. If you want to use uh, Strike to pay me for MSB, you just fill out the form. It won't even matter. I send you an address. You send your Bitcoin or your Lightning form Bitcoin there from your cash balance or your Bitcoin balance, either way. Uh, Benjamin says, here's a boost for 158 sats. Trolls, thanks for many years of episodes. I think I found you at 1750. What is that? Seven years, probably. Um, now you see this one here. It's a different color. It says boost 1000 sats. Welcome to value for value. Permaculture pimp cast. That's because Billy Bond has claimed his podcast, Permaculture pimp cast on fountain. I sent him a thousand sats. Like we think we need to push money around. Uh, strong root resources says, Here's 1,247 sats. Hey, Jack, I imagine all the troll activity is due to you being right over the target with the absurdity going on. Also, you are a jerk because I decided to follow your advice. I've been building a life of freedom every day for several years. Thank you, sir. And it was sure great to meet you at the Silf Reliance Festival. Agreed. Dirty Miner says, troll, what happened to the bacon troll? Anyone else remember that with 40 sats? I do remember the bacon troll, Travis. He went away. It kind of took all the wind out of his sails. Dirty Monterey also says, Troll Boost, 40 more sats. Thanks for that. Boost, 158 sats. Benjamin Anderson, Trolls, thanks for many years of episodes. I think that's a duplicate. Uh, troll, great episode. My son is stuck in indecision in his 20s. I'm going to share this with him, and that was getting a life you want episode. Rewind, 396 sats from Crypto Feral. 396 sats from user 191419-something. Took me one minute to fund this from Strike. Yeah, that's the thing, guys. So if you have Bitcoin in Strike, you can't send it to a Lightning wallet. If you have dollars in Strike, you can send it to a Bitcoin wallet or a Lightning wallet as dollars. It will show up as Bitcoin or Lightning. And you can just simply click Fund Wallet and Fountain and send five bucks in. And that's a whole bunch of sats you can share with your favorite podcasters. Bitcoin breakout for the win, says Hobbit Nuts. 238 sats. Thanks for that. Um, easy, easy Myths. Smith CRNA. I'm not sure how to say that right. 79 sats. Troll monetizing algorithmic engagement comment stacking sats while I listen. Lunchbox 63H. 792 sats. Troll. Jack, I ran into one of your evil clones on Instagram. I just shared a bunch of your hydroponic videos with a coworker. Keep up the good work and happy birthday. And this is another one that I sent to a guy I want to let you know about. I love his show. It's a weekly show. It's only about 15 minutes long. It's called Intergalactic Boombox. The gentleman you can see on the right there, Kyle Herbert. I boosted him a thousand sats and said, would you explain how you have images in your fountain podcasts? So if you listen to him on, on uh, fountain, the little image thing is not just his logo. It will change as the chapters go through. He gave me an explanation I won't go into right now, but he responded to me on the air and I thought that was cool. So I want to maybe once a week, Give you guys a podcast that has nothing to do with prepping or permaculture or anything like that. 
that I just think is cool that's also in the V4V network. So, intergalactic boombox, you will laugh, and you will laugh some more. Uh, it's really an interesting, quirky show. It's kind of like a sci-fi news, a little bit of real news, like, do you know what a splooting squirrel is? If you don't know what a splooting squirrel is, you can find out on the latest edition of Intergalactic Boombox. And thanks for the shout-out there uh, back at me. Now, dude is a legit voice actor. Like, he's he's doing voice work right now for some Dragon Ball hero movie or something like that. And uh, so he has all these – all the characters are him, and it's quite creative. He even has a Karen character. All right. So Stephen Ball says, Kyle Herbert is using chapters, which are super awesome. Yep, that was what he said. And I could do it, but it's more work. And I, I don't put out one podcast a week. I put out five, six, sometimes more podcasts a week. So we won't be doing that anytime soon. All right. So let's move on from there. It is time to go into the American breast chicken. And like I said, I shared some information on these guys um, about two, three weeks, two weeks ago, I guess. Uh, I played a segment, that's all I did, and I said, if you're interested in maybe working with them, and then the emails flooded in, I had to make an automatic signature insertion in my email program so that I could just, yeah, go here. And right here on the screen is the link to get to the Telegram group, or you go to the show notes uh, at thesurvivalpodcast.com, t.me forward slash b-r-e-s-s-e-c-h-i-c-k-e-n-s. T.me forward slash breast chickens. So for those that maybe didn't catch that segment and go, what's the big deal with these birds? These birds are from a, a very specific area in France. The, the genetics have been tweaked for a long time. They are designed to be like the ultimate bird for the table. But they are not a bird that will grow to giant grotesque size in 8 to 12 weeks, like the Cornish cross. They are a completely sustainable bird, meaning if you have them, they can grow to be old stew birds, too. You can take young ones for your main fryers and meat birds. You can use them as an egg layer. They're actually a really good egg layer. They're not a great egg layer, but they're a good egg layer. They also are supposed to be, and I haven't had them yet, and I imagine you're going to have to fine-tune diet and care to really get this right, but they're supposed to be the most delicious chicken you'll ever eat. Not the largest breast. They're not going to compete with the Cornish cross on breast size. Generally, birds like this, and if you look at the rooster in the screen right there, has pretty big thighs. Usually, the good meat birds that are not these uh, these Cornish cross and, and, and Franken birds, they have a lot more of the meat that they possess in the, the thigh and the leg than the breast. Of course, Americans like flavorless Nonsense, so we focus on a bit more large breast meat. But they're supposed to even have fat marbling. Now, this is not something typical with, with birds. Even birds that have a lot of fat, goose and duck have a lot of fat. But all that fat is like in the skin and between the skin and, and the breast. And chicken, when you, when you cut chicken up, you always notice you see the yellow floating fat, even if it's a very fatty chicken. They don't really have meat, in, a lot of fat inside the meat. So we'll see how that goes. I'm going to get some of these guys, and I'm going to bet in November at the fall workshop, there'll be probably more than one person throwing some down on a barter blanket. Uh, this is taking off really, really well as far as a group of people that are excited about this. People are finding 
both online sources and local sources and sharing them. I don't know that Telegram is the best place for a thing like this, but it's what we're using for now, and it's it suffice for now. As it gets larger, we may have to put some sort of a group together on one of the social sites or something like that. We were talking about in that group recently, in another group recently that I'm in, the Telegram groups, when they have like 50, 100 people, they're great because you can keep up. When you end like, like two, three thousand, four thousand, five thousand people in a Telegram, there's this giant consciousness stream and you can't really catch up. So I don't know what we're going to do long term. Uh, maybe we'll even have a website if somebody wants to take on doing it and uh, keep with it because I ain't doing it. Uh, but it would just be good to be able to maybe, maybe a, bit, a little bit more thread like in some of the subjects. But I think the biggest thing that the Telegram group can do and will do, let people find each other who are local and can literally meet and swap birds or swap eggs and let people find each other who, you know, I can ship uh, eggs. And I think shipping eggs is better than shipping chickens. Anybody doing this project probably has or can easily obtain an incubator. Um, and long term, it might prove to be something really, really cool that we can develop, kind of a club Right. Maybe it even becomes a membership thing. Maybe even the original founders, we've already kicked this around. Uh, if we start charging a fee to be a member, maybe we split that up with some sort of, I don't know, crypto like technology. Anyway, uh, just wanted you guys to know about these guys if you don't already. And again, t.me forward slash breast chickens and you can learn more about what we're doing there. Next up, this is what probably many of you came from. Many of you like the gloom and maybe not like is the right word, but you show up. For the gloom and doom. What you're looking at right here is our drought map. Now they make these and then they make them again. So this one's from the 19th. So this is as of what, six days ago. And everything that isn't white is at least an area of concern. So like your yellow is drier than normal. You're brown and you're going into a moderate drought. You look where I live and you see that really dark, horrible red color. That's basically as bad as it gets. And that's like all of Dallas, Fort Worth and the surrounding area is like that right now. And um, this is just one reason that I'm more concerned about food shortages than ever. At the same time, this is going on. I don't think people are really sticking their head up enough. Like we got enough of our own problems in the United States and fake problems that they've made ours like the Ukraine war. And I'm not saying Ukraine war is not a problem. It just doesn't need to be our problem. Um the 19,000th millionth wave of the coup, like, yeah. And so I don't know that people are really paying as much attention as they should to what's going on in other countries due to the cost of fuel and how it's affecting agriculture and due to these nonsensical ESG-level bullshit ideas and uh, other ideas about sequestering carbon, sequestering nitrogen, so like in Singapore, there's been literally like farmer revolts. That's how it's all happened with the Dutch farmers. And I think what you have to understand is even if we don't rely on a particular country where they're having these shortfalls in production directly for our food, I, we don't import a lot of food from Singapore. And we don't import a lot of food from Holland Um the food we import from the Dutch is primarily tomatoes, and they're grown in uh, greenhouses, and th th that would largely be unaffected by this. So, you know, those are two examples. And there's other countries where this stuff's going on, and people are getting pissed, and they talk about, you know, Jan 6 and insurrections. And there's some actual, like, full-on insurrections, like cleaning out houses of parliament going on around the world right now, 
And all of it centers around the cost of fuel and agriculture and agricultural policy. And, and then you just add this to the U.S. and how much of that drought is in like the Midwestern United States, the grain belts of the United States. Look at California, right? And it's, that's drought, not one thing we have to understand with drought, it's not like, well, this is a drought because we got only this much rain. This is drought specific to the region we're looking at here. In other words, this is drought for California, which is always kind of droughty. And so you've got the major food production centers of the country when you look at where most of this drought is at, at the highest level of effect right now. Now add to it the inflation that we've had. And then add to it all these other countries that are committing suicide in their own food systems, destroying their own food production capability in the name of environmental bliss or some other level of bullshit. And Brian, thanks for the five bucks there on the super chat. I appreciate that. If any of you guys out there use Albi, which is a way you can tip with Bitcoin Lightning, Online in your browser. If you look up at your little AllBB, it'll be blue right now, and you that means you can tip me that way too. All right, so there's all kinds of ways we can exchange value anymore. Um, but yeah, you then you look at all these other countries doing that. If the global food supply begins to be short, then there's more competition for the food that's available, and it can't help can't possibly not hit us too. Food inflation is through the roof, and later you're going to hear Secretary Yellen, who really shouldn't have a job doing anything that involves any other human beings at all, period. Um, no power whatsoever. Tiny, teeny brain. Uh, she's going to talk about how, like, the food prices are going to come down. We have food experts saying, or economic experts saying, like, food will hit its highest price in September because there's about a 60-day lag behind the peak of uh, fuel prices in food prices. But what's going on? What's going on here? Is that it's not about the price alone. My wife, every time she goes to the grocery store, God bless her, will come home and say, man, a lot of stuff, a lot of shelves were bare. A lot of shelves were thin. This is why, well, while prices are through the roof. So actually, if prices start to come down, that exasperates the problem. So what I'm telling you guys is especially those of you who have decided to eat better, you need to work on making sure you have stockpiles of the food that you want to eat, not just rice and beans. Rice and beans are starvation rations. We still have some, you know, like buckets that will be good for 25 years of rice and beans. That's to feed our families that think they're going to come here if something happens because they're not, but we'll give them a bucket of rice and beans, come back in two weeks, maybe we'll have another one for you. I mean, really, right? That's if we're down to where we, you know, we don't want to eat the dogs, then we're going to eat the rice and beans. I mean, that's that's what that's for. But if that's meat for you, then more than one freezer, backup power for your freezers. We are going to have sooner or later. We're going to hit the wall with the energy. That's another huge concern. There's some stupid shit going on here in Texas, and as much as I like to kick Governor Abbott in the head once in a while. It's really not him. Of course, the, the people running against him, that's the only thing they've got because that's Beto, a.k.a. Beta O'Rock, right? So they want to make, like, all the grid problems here are Abbott's. It's it's Urquhart, 
and they're doing some dumb shit, and I do have some inside information about why some of the, the generation plants are down at a time when they shouldn't be. Um, I will put out a little plug for Bitcoin mining. Bitcoin mining has really helped. Uh, almost all the large miners right now in Texas are not running their mining rigs. They have shut down, and they're waiting until they're told they can run the mines again. This is one way Bitcoin helps with the energy grid, but the energy grid still has a problem. California is telling people not to plug in their electric cars that everybody's being. So when you add energy and food problems with inflation, you're going to have a lot of food shortages. And I'm telling you, I don't think anybody in this country that has enough money to buy food will starve because they can't get any food. I don't, not in 2022. We'll see what happens in 20. It's like how many of these shortfalls will carry over? into the next year because the grain harvest, that's a storable commodity. Like we harvest grain a few times a year and then it has to get us through to the next harvest. Beef, like I'm so glad, like Texas Slim's going to be on Bitcoin Breakout tomorrow with the beef initiative. I'm glad to see people doing that and, and farmers figuring out, hey, feed the cow grass. Yeah, great. I agree. I've been, I've been saying that a long time, but you know, large ranching operations, we can't really, we can't really irrigate and you're in the middle of a drought. If you have to call any way you stay profitable in beef, if you can't feed your animals on your grass, sale barn. So either they get exported to a place where the grass is growing or they go graduate maybe a little bit early into meat. That's what you do. Well, if you push down a herd, you know, you're trying to 18 month or more cycle till enough, till baby cow becomes eating cow. It's one of the reasons I'm pushing the chicken thing with you guys. Anybody can learn to raise chickens. If you can't raise chicken, I think it's easier to take care of chickens than it is to take care of cats. Except for hawks eat chickens more than they would eat a cat. That's about the only, the only thing that I would say in the difference there, right? But chickens, even something like the breast, if you want to grow them 16 weeks, that's four months. So if we bring our flock down for a while, we can at any point in four months have new birds, new genetics, if we're doing some swapping, and meat. And what do you get if you raise 50 birds a year, 50 meat birds a year, maybe 225 bird cycles to make it easy for yourself? That's a chicken a week. That's a whole chicken a week. That's a big, big boom to your meat budget. Guys, I'm telling you, take this seriously. Again, I'm not saying we're going to starve. I'm saying there's going to be people making some hard decisions about food harder than they're doing right now. And there's going to be a lot of stuff that's hard to get. And it's going to be exactly what I said for over a year now. It'll be bursty. It'll be in this thing. Then it'll be in that thing. Then it'll be in the other thing. Then this thing will be back. Then this thing will be short. But take it. I, I am more concerned today than I was six months ago or a year ago about food shortages. I'm more concerned today than where people were lining up to get food in food lines at the beginning of the coof and farmers were calling their, you know, like killing pigs and burying them. I'm more concerned now than then. This is, this is, uh, this is concerning. This is, this is actually really concerning. And here, look, uh, John L says there is no grass in East Texas. Sales have doubled at sale barns already. Buy your beer now. I think he meant buy your beef now, but I guess both are good advice. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, where are you going to get your hay from? Maybe you should plant some fodder trees, put some irrigation in on some fodder trees. Uh, maybe maybe you should get Nick on and talk about that again. All right. So 
Moving on, let's talk about something else. Um, with all this going on, you think, like, well, that's pretty bad news. Uh, could there be anything worse? What about this? What about in the cupcake teacup generation, the return of the United States military draft? Hey, Jack, are you saying we're going to go to World War III and enter? No, no, I'm not. Um, there is a massive shortfall in military recruiting goals. Right now, the way they're approaching it is they're doing two things. They are in, for the jobs that are need more highly qualified people. It doesn't mean you know how to do the job. It means like you have a test score that says if we give you this job and put you in school, you'll come out the other end able to do the job most likely. So you're looking for people that have like, you know, uh, GTs on the ASVAP, like over a hundred, uh, 120 maybe even, right? Uh, and, and that's a pretty good score. I, I think it's sad that a hundred is a good score, but it is. Uh, or on the general ASVAB, you're looking for people that are like in the 90th percentile for these jobs. And they're paying huge bonuses. For all the shit work, like being an 11 Bravo, which is an infantryman, we used to say Bravo meant bullet catcher, so 11 bullet catcher, um, they're, they're reducing requirements. They're letting people in less physically fit, and like we'll get them fit. They're letting people in that had tattoos that would previously excluded them. They're letting people in without a, a high school diploma or a GED. They're, they're doing all that they can right now. And I guess they could increase some of the bonuses. How much lower can you go with the, with the, the requirements though before you're, you know, you're, you're letting people in that really don't need to be in. Um, Ron Cole says, is this due to the jab? Maybe it doesn't help. So that is one thing they could do. They, boy, that's a hard thing for them to back off now with, isn't it? Isn't that really hard? Like how many people they already pushed out over that? And you're going to say, we're going to lift it. So I, I don't know, but that would be, and they get, he's right. They just released a bunch of people for not getting it, but let's go to the, I want to talk about the draft thing and an illusion that the average person in America is under today. Something that people, I just, I just honestly think people do not understand. The draft was not historically something we only did in times of war. I mentioned Elvis Presley. So Elvis did a lot of like World War II looking movies, like patriotic movies and stuff like that. Um, a lot of people I think believe that Elvis was drafted for the Korean War. When Elvis Presley was drafted, we had no wars. I guess we had the Cold War, the Cold War heating up, if you want to call it that, right? But we didn't have a war. What we had was we didn't have enough people willing to join the military. So we had a draft in peacetime. And it's not the only peace period where we had, um, it's not the only peace period where we've had a draft. And there is nothing preventing the United States government right now from just saying, we don't have enough soldiers, airmen, Marines, whatever. We need more. We're turning the draft back on. Now, it's not something, except under some sort of declaration of emergency, that I don't think the president can do on his own. We would need Congress to do this. But do you understand what makes their lives so Great. The Congress clowns, the bureaucrats, all of them. 
the oligarchy too. So the people with the billions and trillions of dollars, right? What makes their life so cush is the fact that this country gets away with all its bullshit, okay? Would work away with all its bullshit. Because we can literally lay waste to anybody. Even countries who really don't want to fight, they more really don't want to fight us. Like, we don't need a war with China or Russia, but Russia and China both, though, they do not want a war with the United States of America. Really don't want it. And everybody else in the world is shit. If we decided we were going to pound you into the Stone Age, now, this is not, because we've, I hope we've learned this generation's lesson. Like we've had this generation's Vietnam experience with Afghanistan and Iraq trying to go to and occupy. That's different. But if it comes down to, we just want these people to not be a problem for us. We can make it so that they're not a problem for us really, really, really fast. Okay. Like lay waste to you. And so when that ability is threatened, they will act. I'm not saying they're going to do it, but I'm saying if they feel that our omnipresence, the, the empire is in danger of decline, and their cushy little places are, people that completely would say, no, no way, that is tyranny right now, they will, oh, it's an emergency, it's tyranny, but it's an emergency. Like, you know, your Rand Pauls would hold out. Your Justin, Justin Amish's would hold out. But there's no way that you get a majority holding out on this if they think it's needed. So I think it's highly possible. And I got some starred stuff on that that we'll come back to at the end. Just, I'm not saying it's going to happen. Just don't be surprised if it does. It's going to be very interesting. We'll have some talk about that in the Q&A at the end. Um, container gardening, permaculture, can that be a thing? I think everybody thinks of permaculture is food forests and great big amounts of regenerative agriculture and stuff like that. So surely some container gardens would not be permaculture. Well, would you be doing it to the end of taking responsibility for yourself and that of your children? Yes. Tick box number one. Would you be caring for the earth by doing things in a more environmentally regenerative way? Ding. Take the first ethic. Would you be harming people when you did your container gardening? Are you going to, like, drop your container gardens off your balcony on people's heads? No. Bing. Would you return the surplus to the goal of the first two? Yes, you're doing permaculture. Now, how far can we go with permaculture in containers? Well, how big is a container? We can have, a, without doing perennials, without trees, bushes, shrubs, and vines, we can still have a layered system. Uh, I'll see if I can find it if I remember, but I did a video. It's just some music. And it goes through some of my gardens back in Arlington. This is like, I don't even know if I was doing the show yet when I made this video. And when I go to the containers, like you can literally see layers in the containers. You can see companion planting. And they're just big, giant flower pots, like ones that are like yay big around for those that can see it. You know, probably 20, 20 gallon-ish uh, pots. You know, and like you have like herbs that don't need a lot of sun or leaf crops that don't need a lot of sun, like nasturtiums and stuff like that in the, in the sub canopy. And then like a tomato up above and then like basil coming out of it. So we can do layers. If you got a really big, you got really big containers. Like if you're chopping IBCs in half and flipping them, you know what you could do? You could take something like a seven gallon, uh, feed tub or something like that. And you could dig a hole and you could drop it in like a little lined pond. 
And then I would want to put lots of rock around it so that it didn't get much sunlight. And then you could take like a little aerator, just a little cheap aerator pump, put some, put some movement in the water, put some, I would just use an air pump or something like that. Tuck in something like, oh, I don't know, Ipimera aquatica, Kang Kong, that's water spinach. Uh, or if it's a cooler climate, watercress would be great in there. Let it sprawl out and do all the rest of it, your container gardens. Like I said, lots of rocks. Keep that water really, really shaded. Mosquitoes! Put mosquito fish in there. You can put a handful of mosquito fish in there. They'll take care of everything. If you can't get mosquito fish, go down to PetSmart or Petco or wherever. Buy the cheapest guppies you can get. Yeah, when it gets cold, they'll die, but there won't be any mosquitoes then. So what? Right? Throw half a dozen of them in there. Throw a male in and three or four females. Start selling guppies out of your little bitty mini pond. Like you can take it as far as you want, depending on the size and what your goals are. And I would highly recommend that you either put in top watering on some sort of automation, little hedge sprinklers or something like that. Even if it's not on a timer, a, a, an electronic timer, a mechanical timer. So that in the morning when you're off to work, you go outside, you turn the mechanical timer to 15 minutes and it waters itself. Because we're talking about automation here in a minute. Or you put a solenoid on it and it waters itself several times a day and or make them into wicking beds. Make them into wicking beds, man, because the stuff that is not dying on me right now is in either wicking beds, ebb and flow beds, tied into aquatic systems, et cetera, because it's just been a miserable, miserable year this year. But, yeah, you can do it. Uh, next up, we're going to have a lot of variety today. We're flipping around here. I'm about to bring something up for you. We're going to hear – I'm going to apologize for this. Uh, your IQ might actually go down listening to this human being speak, but I am going to share for you something that Janet Yellen just said, and uh, I, I really do think that this is a bigger issue than most people seem to realize right now uh, with the way that it's being handled. So this is a recent interview that Janet Yellen gave, and I'll come back and tell you what was not said here uh, that really needs looking at start with this. Many businesses seem to be preparing for a recession. Should all Americans at home be preparing for what's uh, for, for a recession that many people think now is likely? Well, um, look, the economy is slowing down. It last year, it grew very rapidly at about five and a half percent. And that succeeded in putting people back to work who had lost their jobs during the pandemic. The labor market is now extremely strong. Um, even just during the last three months, uh, net job gains averaged 375,000. This is not an economy that's in recession, but we're in a period of transition in which growth is slowing and that's necessary and appropriate and um, we need to be growing at a steady and sustainable pace. So there is a slowdown and businesses can see that. And that's appropriate given that people now have jobs and we have a strong labor market. But you don't see any of the signs now. A, a, a recession is a broad-based contraction that affects many sectors of the economy. We just don't have that. Consumer spending yeah. remains solid. Um, it's continuing to grow. Um, 
output, industrial output has grown in uh, five of the six la- uh, most recent months. Um, credit quality remains very strong. Household balance sheets are generally in good shape. But inflation is way too high. And, um, you know, the Fed is charged with putting in place policies that will bring inflation. All right, she had a couple more minutes to go. I, I I couldn't take it. So, and I didn't want you guys to have to um, listen to that dribble for the next twenty more seconds. Keep in mind, the person that is telling you all the reasons we're not in a recession is the person that told you that all the money printing wouldn't cause the inflation that she now says is the problem, right? And you see, like the the attempt to pass the buck there. Well, see, the Fed is charged with that. Yeah, but you help set policy, right? Don't think the Fed just does shit willy-nilly without talking to the administration that's in charge. Um, but this is the important thing. This is the important thing with what's going on right now. This is a preemptive campaign to ch- get. And uh, uh, Ryan says, "Does she really think we are stupid?" Yes. She doesn't think that you, Ryan, are stupid, Ryan the Unknown. She thinks. There's the majority of people in this country are stupid, as in the definition under Bonhoeffer's theory of stupidity. And that's like the one thing she's right about. People are stupid. And I don't mean intellectually slow. I mean, they have been made stupid. If you've never listened to uh, the video that I've shared about Bonhoeffer's theory of stupidity, I'll try to make it get into these episode notes as well. So you can listen to that. You, you, You watch that and then you look around at the world and go, oh, shit, we're so screwed. But definitions of words matter. Now, I'm not one of these, please, so as to pose to tell me the right thing of episode 12 of, you know, some sci-fi convention guy. I'm not the guy that loses my shit when somebody refers to a magazine as a clip. I know what you meant. I don't really care. But when we're talking about important things like this, and we're talking with people that are setting policy or making prognostications about the future, definitions matter. And this is a preemptive move, and Biden's doing it too. All the mouthpieces are doing it to change the meaning of recession. Because when all this crap started, people were like, it's going to be hyperinflation. I'm like, no, it's not. And then when we got really bad inflation, people are like, Jack, see, you were wrong. And I'm like, no, hyperinflation is inflation of 50% for at least two consecutive months. That's hyperinflation. That's the definition. If I'm going to use the word hyperinflation in this capacity as a show host, as a member of the media, as a journalist, then I am obligated. Get rid of that. Uh, I am obligated to use that definition correctly. Okay, so I'm not going to use the word hyperinflation to describe 10 to 15 to 20 percent inflation over a year because that's not what hyperinflation is. There's also a definition, there's a definition for a recession that is two quarters of negative growth. Now, you know, she said growth is slowing. Well, growth is negative, and if negative slows, I don't know how much it slows, but the next result is negative. So we already have one negative growth quarter. The reason these businesses are preparing for... uh, (laughs) preparing for uh, a recession is because everybody already knows the next quarter is going to be negative growth. So as soon as the next quarter's numbers come out, we're officially in a recession. That's how that works. 
You don't get to decide, oh, it doesn't really matter this time. It doesn't really count this time. It's not really a recession because some of these other economic indicators are kind of good. Right? That's not how it works. So what you have right now, guys, all, and it's going to get ratcheted up, you watch. Like there's times when I'm like, I think this is going to happen. No, this is happening. It's happening right now, and it will happen more. It will continue to happen, and they're going to start having people who do know better, that are not as retarded as Janet Yellen, coming on to, like, CNBC and stuff like that, coming on to, like, uh, Fox Business. Fox will participate in this charade. Tucker Carlson, et cetera, they'll tell you it's a lie, but their, but their main media mouthpiece is, well, it's not really a recession. I mean, technically it's a recession, but it's not really a recession because unemployment's low. Look. It's a definition. It's the definition that we've used to define recession forever. And where does this concept of changing the meaning of words, where have we discussed this before? Wasn't there a book written by a guy? What's his name now? Wasn't it something Orwell? Wasn't it something Orwell? Yeah, that Orwell dude. Didn't he say something about changing the language, having a book of like approved words, and the state would tell you what you could say and you couldn't say? And then every week maybe they would update the dictionary, and the dictionary kept getting smaller. That was Newspeak. One thing you have to understand about these writers like Orwell, um, now it's slipping me too, the gentleman that wrote, Kurt, Kurt Vonnegut, that wrote like Harrison Bergeron. These guys when they write these stories, they don't necessarily expect that what they're prognosticating will happen exactly the way they prognosticated it. Orwell's point about like having this, here's the list of words that citizens are allowed to use today, recently updated, right? The, the point of that was that the government would steer and control language and change the meaning of language so their propaganda would be more effective. Mr. Orwell got it 100% correct. If you've ever read Harrison Bergeron or watched any of the movies based on the story Harrison Bergeron by Kurt Vonnegut, the people in the movie, if they were too, or the story, if they were too smart, they had to be average. They had to bring them down to basically like an 85 IQ. Okay. And 75 is, is borderline retard to kind of put it in perspective. 85, 90 is about where we want you, maybe a little dumber than that. Right. So the people that were intelligent, they would put, everybody had a band. But if you were too intelligent, they adjusted your band to lower your IQ, to lower your intelligence. And, and if you would everybody like a perfect brain in school was a C, make everybody render them equal by making them dumb. And then there was an elite class of so the people who were too smart for the band to work. They got moved off to do the elite work, right? That was, that was Harrison Bergeron, the, the Showtime version of it. I can't think of it. The, the actor now, but the guy that played Rudy in the movie Rudy, he was he was really good in that. I did a whole show on Harrison Bergeron. If you want to go back and find it, do so. If you want to watch the movie, it's on YouTube, full length. You can watch it all the way out. Uh, not the best resolution, but it's great. It disappeared from, like, all of, like, movie sales and stuff like that. There's only um, a small number uh, of copies out there that you'll find, like, on, on – uh, eBay and stuff like that. It's not on any of the big streaming services. It's not like a Netflix or Hulu or anything like that. This thing won Emmy Awards, and it's, it's vaporized, Harrison Bergeron. So when Varnegat talked about the band around your head, it was just a symbol. It was to make it more real for people, to make it a more interesting story. He was talking about TV. The bands that deliver the information across 
the, the, the wavelengths that show up on the box where you watch TV. That's what he was talking about. So when you read something like 1984, don't look for new speak to exactly match it. Just look, like, change the meaning of the word. A recession is not a recession because the person in charge said it's not. I mean, that's where we're at with this, right? It's, it's not a recession because the, the person in charge says it's not a recession, so it's not a recession. And, and full core press on this because you can't go into a recession with a president with a 28% approval rating and then also have officially being in a recession and hope to hold on to anything in your midterm elections. And midterm elections are traditionally miserable for incumbent presidents. I don't know that I can remember a midterm election in my life where the incumbent president didn't, didn't do poorly for his party in the midterms and like control switched. No, I can't. I can't. And that was during good economies. So this is bad. This makes it worse. So we have to do something about this. Now, I think it's time to have a little bit of fun, to have a little bit of humor. So it's not going to start out funny because this is a sad day of affairs for um, the United States of America that this type of totalitarianism is going on. But what I, I've got up on the screen now, and I'll read it for those of you who can't see it, this is not a parody. This is not a parody account. This is an actual 100% full-on legitimate tweet from the uh, one of the precincts of the New York Police Department, New York's finest. It is a picture of a toy. Like some of these are kind of really hopped up. This is a, a splat blaster or a, a bead blaster, a gel blaster. Um, this is a pretty shitty one, by the way. It probably, if you shot it at somebody at about 15 yards, the beads are hit. Like you shoot straight, they're hitting the ground at about 15 yards. It's not well-reviewed. It's not well-thought of. There are some that are far now, Some of these are six, seven, eight hundred bucks. These guys play basically a version of Airsoft with them. They use little tiny beads that you get super cheap, and you put them like in a, a bottle or a jar full of water, and then four hours later they're hydrated, and you load them up, and they're AEGs in the world of Airsoft, automatic electric guns. So they use an electric thing to spin and push the BBs out, right? They're not air guns. So they didn't even get that right. This is, guys, this is hard to accept. That this is, I, I understand that maybe you're a cop. Some kid was shooting people in the face off of a balcony with this thing, and it could have been happening. Some of it has been happening. It's happened with Airsoft. It's happened with paintball, and you took it away. Okay, fine. But listen to this tweet. This is the dumbest shit that I have heard as an American, and I've heard some dumb shit. Last night, great work by our, by our public safety officers. These bead blasters shoot gel water beads propelled by a spring-loaded air pump, making them an air rifle. Air rifles are a violation in New York City and unlawful to possess. They're proud of this. This is dumb. How dumb is it? I'm glad you asked. Let's look what Twitter thinks of how dumb these people are. So I'll have to describe some of this for those of you that can't see it. This will be worth looking the video up just to see yourself. One has a, a photo that's been reused as a meme many times. It's, it's four cops all decked out in their gear, 
and they got a table in front of them. And I think the original one was like a little bit of drugs and like a wad of $10 bills or something, right? Well, it just has a, like a Nerf shooting gun on the table. Somebody meme that. Uh, this is, these are in direct replies to NYPD 121 precinct and their chief. Okay. Uh, and then the next one is a guy with three rubber bands set up to shoot like a gun. Like we all done it. We put on your finger, you wrap around your hand, you let go with your pinky and you shoot the rubber band at your buddy. And he says, and he's, his, he is, uh, inscriptuated on Twitter. As long as these exist, no one is ever truly safe. And Jermod Elver says, sir. That is an illegally modified, fully semi-automatic, triple-barrel propulsion platform. I'm going to have to report you to the cyber police. And uh, next up from there, let me get this screen working again. Um, this was a response. I thought this was great. Come and take it with a splatter ball on the flag instead of a cannon. Uh, it, it just didn't go well for him. Here, Foxcat says... Last night, great work by a public safety officers who removed these guns off our streets. These spitball blasters shoot paper beads propelled by the lungs, making them an air rifle. Air rifles are a violation in New York City and are unlawful to possess. And it shows a big pack of all the horror plastic straws and how to make a spitball out of a big pen. And then uh, uh, Alphonse C. says, off the streets in screechy language where you make capitals and lowercase in it. And it's a picture, and it's a bag, and I mainly included this one. This is what are fired by these guns. They're tiny, teeny little things like that. You put them in water, and uh, you go from there. Let me get off that. That's for later. <sighs> I'm not surprised. And Chartreuse is asking, wasn't it a joke? No. Go look at up. It is not a joke, and there are people defending it because, you know, if a kid has a gun and points at a cop, a cop shoot a kid. Well, that's like saying, you know, we should make guns illegal because some people use guns improperly. I, it, it, but the good news, because I like good news, 99% of more than 4,000 comments are taking the piss out of the police for this. Um, it's actually entertaining reading. It, it, it really is to, to sit there and read that and think, wow, there are some people that still think in the world. It also has me wondering, like, you know, we've done a lot with airsoft training. Like, is there a legitimate, right, is there a legitimate use for these things as a training tool? And I'll tell you the weakness I see in them. With airsoft, you have reasonable accuracy to a pretty good distance. Sights matter. These things, when I watch people gaming with them at the kind of the, the souped up ones, like even out at like 40 meters, like your pattern on your full auto is like two meters pattern. And they, they, there's no real, like I wouldn't be able to take my grandson, set up some cans at 20 yards and teach him like the AR site picture with it and all they look fun. I think they're probably fun for skirmishing. I think that like one of the reasons people say airsoft isn't realistic is because, you know, you could put like 8,000 rounds in them or something and just shoot full auto. Like when you use the professional training rifles and you have a 40 round mag and you say, okay, in this scenario, force on force, we're going to limit it to 30 rounds, you know, and you can just set it, set it on semi. You can do some very realistic training with the handguns and the rifles. I don't know if you could, but I kind of want to play with these, and I kind of want to find one that's like 
not complete garbage and kind of fun and make it an item of the day, but there's a lot of garbage out there. The one in the picture literally is on Amazon. It's like 69 bucks. You can buy it on Amazon. They'll ship it to your door. The whole creative is built up with like little kids playing with it and shit. But the reviews of it were so bad that I, I think that like it even makes what the NYPD did even worse. But if you've played with these at all and you want to let me know about them in any constructive way to how they might be useful for some training or something like that, let me know. If you have a recommendation, well, it's not $300. It's still pretty good. Let me know that as well. Maybe we'll do one just for fun. Uh, as a uh, as an item of the day, kind of like the bug assault or something like that. Uh, moving on, I want to talk to you guys now about, yeah, I'm going to shove some Bitcoin content at you, but not really. I'm going to shove it to you at, not shove it, I guess is the right word. I'm going to present it to you with a little bit more of, a, well, we need something to do this. And so what would you use to do this? So I want to start out with, the permaculture designer's manual. And again, when this was written, the internet was in diapers. Like it was, I don't even know if it was in diapers yet. It hadn't had a cord cut yet as an infant, right? It, it was there, but you know, maybe you weren't even far out enough yet to be sure if it was a boy or a girl. And so there was no Bitcoin cryptocurrencies, no blockchains, no nothing. So what I'm about to show you, it predates all this. And so this is from a presentation. That's me weighing a lot more than I weigh now uh, at Permaculture Voices, I think in 2013, somewhere around there, uh, presenting. And, and I'll, I'll try to find this presentation for you and, and put a link to it in the notes if I remember to do so. But there are two excerpts from Chapter 14 of the Permaculture Designer's Manual. And Chapter 14 is Alternative Strategies for a New Global Nation, which some people get all hairy about and think it's like the New World Order. It's exactly the opposite. It's autonomy at the regional level where people run their own thing. It's the, it is anarchist, it's organized anarchism is what chapter 14 is all about. And so 14.1, this is an excerpt from 14.1, thus the very first strategies we need are those that put our own house in order and at the same time do not give credibility to distant power centered or unethical systems. So in other words, we need to get our own shit together, but we don't need to give power to, pe to people doing things we find to be unethical. That's called taxation. Like, I, I shared a video. I hated sharing it, but it's the truth. I shared a video of Turkish-backed moderate rebels using drones provided to them through NATO, which means our money, to bomb a church ceremony this weekend. Your money paid for that. So our first strategies need to not give credibility or power to systems like that. Okay, that's all done through the tax system, the banking system, etc. 14.4. And I did this presentation in, like I said, like 2014. So what we're going to talk about didn't exist when I did this presentation and put it together. I didn't make this fit the other thing. 14.4. Systems of government are currently based on self-interest, economic pragmatism, belief, impractical theory, and power-centered minorities. Religious, military, capitalist, communist, familiar, or criminal Almost all groups set up competitive and adversary-oriented systems. In other words, the hegemony maintains its power by having a small elite group using some ideology. And, and Bill Mollison in this is like old man driving the bus over everybody. Capitalist, communist, like when somebody criticizes modern capitalism, well, you're a commie. No. What he's saying is it's not the ist. It's the system using the is to its own end based on the propensity of the majority in the system, 
what they will believe, what propaganda you can dump down their throats. And you have to set up a competitive, adversary-oriented organization to maintain control. Because if everybody can get along and not bother each other, like even if you and I don't get along, but we have our own little groups, we get along when we have to at the edge, and we don't really see each other as a problem, we don't need them. This is what comes next. I had to take two pictures to fit this in because this is a long vertical page. But this is an economic system designed under permaculture in Chapter 14. And at the top it says, you start it with two or three people start this. And then it grows from there. And you'll look right down on the left side, the informal side, there's a let system for a bioregion. Let's are... A basically a local exchange currency. Okay, so that is us printing our own money. And then we exchange our own money. So we have our little farmer's market. We go there, and instead of using dollars, we use nine-mile farm credits or something like that, right? Like we have the nine-mile community on Nine Mile Road where I live, right? And it's, so it's not nine-mile farm. It's a nine-mile community script, right? And then we have regionals, we have small business services, we have venture capital, we have an ethical stock exchange. And you'll notice that if you look on the on the right side of the screen, you'll see where it says external trade. It's literally the last option. Now, it doesn't mean that going outside of our bioregion is the last option. We federate with other bioregions that are running their own autonomous systems through our own banking system. That is the vision that's being prevented, presented here by Bill Mollison. The problem is it wasn't doable. There's a ton of stuff in there on how to set up trusts, how to protect property for the community, et cetera, to do it all privately. And some of that can be done. But this really couldn't work when Bill came up with this. There's no way to do this because how do we have bioregion A and B, nine-mile nine mile community, and holler community with Nicole Sauce. Do business between each other with our individual unique local currency. How do we create a, a banking system that people have confidence in and that they'll use currency within? Because the currency can go out and do that external trade, which to transition to this, you're not going to start with this. This is a goal. So you're going to start with as much internal trade as you can do. Very small. And then your external trade is going to be the majority. And the more you can do internally, the less you need the outside for. And then the more of these entities that create themselves exist, the more you can federate with them. It's an important word, Fed, because not every time you hear Fed, are we talking about Federal Reserve or the federal government? Federation is a good thing. Federation means you and I have a federation, a certain agreement that we interact on, but we have our own autonomy. That's why we're supposed to be a a federal republic as the United States. That's the autonomy of the state. Imagine creating thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of federated individual groups. You have to have a banking system. You can't do this without a banking system. And that banking system cannot be everybody has their own crypto wallet and exchanges cryptocurrency. I don't care if it's Bitcoin. I don't care if it's Federation coin. I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's Trope. It doesn't matter. The complex nature of a banking system does things beyond enabling me to pay you. That's the easy part. Loans, insurances, escrowed things for contracts. Banks actually 
Now, they're self-serving in the way that they do it, and they're controlled by the elite, but they do perform a function. How about something as simple as a revolving line of credit? What's that? I used to have one when I ran companies with, with employees. I had to make payroll every week. If I didn't make payroll, my people would walk out on me. I just assumed jump out the window before I failed to make payroll. And there were times in a normal business cycle where we would have dry periods. And as long as we could show our bank, look, this happened last year, it happened the year before, it happened the year before that. This happens every year about this time. We are basically going to use our line of credit as a bridge loan. And here's our forecast. for it. We already have money coming in. We already have stuff on our accounts receivable. We've already taken. Then you just use that, that, that revolving line of credit. You paid your employees. On the other backside of it, you, ret you return that. How are you going to do that without something that's at least like a banking system? So what we need, and this seems impossible to create, something that actually functions this way that we as individuals maintain control of. And that when we put our money in it, we can take it out and we can do business inside it with privacy. That seems hard to do in the world that this was written in. Okay. This is about a thing called mini-mints, and this is on, uh, 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 I think, blockchain, or I'm not sure where it is, but there's a link to it in the show notes. I'm just going to read. These are two paragraphs or two sections I pulled out of the article. You can read the rest for yourself. We are proud to announce our sponsorship of Mini-Mint, a project in development that brings the technology of blinded federated mints. That means that this, this federated mint and this federated mint that are acting as intermediaries don't know what's on the other side. Privacy, okay? For Chalming Banks to Bitcoin, federated mints are a natural complement to existing scaling solutions like the Lightning Network and Liquid Sidechain. Families or communities may prefer federated mints for a more local and streamlined Bitcoin banking experience where running your own node or using a fully centralized custodial service is neither available nor wanted. In addition to providing community-focused custody solutions with the Bitcoin ecosystem, federated mints preserve the privacy of members' identities and wallet balances and transaction histories automatically through the use of blind signatures. Mints on Lightning. Users are currently limited in their choice when using Lightning, either self-host or rely on a centralized hosting service. For many, running their own Lightning node and wallet is either too much of a technical challenge or altogether unavailable due to their unique living situation. With the integration of Lightning into Federated Mints, users have access to a trust-minimized and privacy-conscious wallet solution right from the start. By adopting, I'm going to need to change my layout here so I can read the rest of that, guys. So let's get full view. Just apologize for those of you that don't know what's going on. on the. By adopting Bolt protocols, Lightning-enabled Mints would remain interoperable with the broader network, creating a standardized model that is not only secure, blinded, and fungible, but overall better suited for mass adoption. As we move closer to hyper-Bitcoinization and more communities like Bitcoin Beach begin to adopt Lightning for everyday purchases, custody models like Federated Mints will be essential to the success of onboarding and scaling. By localizing and having certain anonymization measures built in, Mints can preserve privacy, enable censorship resistance, and build a flexible payment system with no single point of failure. So, That might sound like a bit of word salad to some of you. So let me give you kind of how that actually makes Chapter 14 doable. You would not say I'm going to keep all my Bitcoin in a mini-mint in our federated community. You would have a hard wallet with your Bitcoin. You would probably still use 
for things outside of your community, something like Wallet of Satoshi with 150 bucks in at any given time. That's your pocket money. This becomes a checking account. A checking account that can't be shut down. A checking account that if you shut down the mint, right? And I hate the word mint here, by the way. I don't, I don't think mint is the right word for this. I, I would call it more like regional banking. But if you shut it down, then the money just pushes back to you. You can take it out anytime you want. No one knows who you are. Because if we're going to have things go on like this company do business with this company or this co-op do business with this co-op or these co-ops buy from this entity collectively to get better pricing than any of the co-ops could themselves, which would be one way you – this is a virtual nation. I've been talking about virtual nations since 2014. This is it. This is how you do this. So now there's no complication. Everybody's using the same underlying currency. We can even build stable coins on this as well so that we can have less less um, volatility in it, right, with the underlying pinnings in Bitcoin to make it more stable long term. But then Nine Mile Co-op, Holler Roast Co-op, um, scrambling stuff up in Washington, let's, let's call it Food Forest Farms Co-op, Like, instead of one of those co-ops with all of our people saying, hey, we all want to go in together on feed from this great feed mill that's over in Atlanta and have semi-trucks come in, we can go, well, actually, we have three, four, five, six locations for delivery. We need a truck to each one. What can you do for us on price? You are not going to do that with it. But my self-custody, I am so pro-self-custody. But not for that. Not when we're, we're moving up to a point where we're using the leverage of the number of people that have federated together to negotiate a price or a service or a contract. That's just one example. I could keep going. I don't want to turn this. Like, I need to do a whole show on this as a Bitcoin breakout episode. I want to start, and this is why I started Bitcoin Breakout. I want to start showing the Bitcoin community the overlap with the prepper community, the homesteading community, the regenerative agriculture, the health, the nutrition, all of it. And it's already working, guys. I'm already seeing people in Fountain boosting me. And I can tell, like, by their name and whatever, they're not TSP people. They're Bitcoin people. They found Bitcoin Breakout. And then they're boosting me for, like, Friday's show on, you know, the mental philosophy that we discussed. It. Discussed. It. Discussed. The world's changing. It's changing right now. And I encourage you, if you're a hold on, stop worrying about Bitcoin as a thing. Stop worrying about, like, is number going to go up or number going to go down? Look at the tech. This is where it gets exciting. This is where it gets exciting. Buying Bitcoin and holding Bitcoin is boring. I think it's a great wealth strategy, but it's boring. You just do it, and you you, you get diamond hands, and you don't sell because you're scared, and you just keep doing it over time, just like dollar cost averaging into the stock market, except I think it's a better long-term play. But a technology that enables the type of shit I'm talking about right now And is it going to be this version of it? No, but that's the beauty. It's a layered solution. So if this isn't right, you don't need a new token. You don't need a new coin. You need a new model. And models can be changed. But your underlying hard money, if it can be changed, it's not hard money. This tech is going to change everything. On my birthday, August 2nd, next week, I'm doing a panel discussion. Brian Harrington from Choice Capital, Guy Swan from Bitcoin Audible, and me are going to discuss layer three solutions, which like Fountain is a layer three solution. You have Lightning, 
And then on top of Lightning, you have Fountain allowing value for value exchange between podcasters. Layered sounds complicated. Layer one is Bitcoin. Layer two is Lightning. Like it sounds all techy, but it's real simple. You build the underlying thing, then you build a payments network on top of it, then you build an app on top of the payments network. So, like, like I said, and if you guys didn't hear it yet when I when I said it, imagine ways. The Waze Navigation app, where you can report road hazards, there's a cop here writing tickets and shit like that. And then think of how blockchain works. Like you have confirmations. So Adam's hauling ass down I-20, and he happens to see John Law. John Law doesn't get him. He slows down. He puts up his Waze app, and boom, there's a cop. And then all of a sudden, like K-Bonk's right behind Adam, and he sees the alert. There's a cop, so he slows down, and he hits, I saw it too, confirmed. And then Canadian Farmstead's behind KBOC, and he sees it confirmed. And after, like, three or four confirmations, and the vehicles have to be in the location to have been able to confirm. That's all built into the system already. It's a confirmed thing. And then you, if you've ever used Waze, you'll see, like, there's a road hazard. It'll say, is it still there? And you say, it's clear. When it's clear, the cop's gone. He went somewhere else. Okay, now, people do this now. People do this now. It works. It saved my ass twice on my way back from Tennessee, because we were we were running and gunning on the way back, man. It, it saved our ass with, like, routing us around a problem, too. Do you not think, if I was sitting there with my Waze app, and it, said, and it shows a little flashing thing, there's going to be a cop, that I wouldn't have been like, hey, man, whoever Adam is, thanks, here's a thousand sats. Now the app works. It's not that Adam gets the money. It's because the app is incentivized. The network effect is a better app. If that app was available right now, then, then Waze would have two choices. Integrate it themselves and use their installed base to move faster or go out of business. That's what would happen because pe even if you don't want the Bitcoin part, if, the, if you hear everybody saying, hey, man, this new uh, demonetized road piracy app, It works way better than Waze. Well, you're going to use it. Even if you don't participate as, as someone tipping or receiving value, you're still going to use it. And if you start using it, you might be like, hey, wait a minute. Like, yeah. And this is what I've seen with this. This discussion I saw going on in, in, in the Lightning for Liberty uh, group on Telegram. People were trying to, what else could we do to be able to give value to people? One guy wanted a coffee cup. Like when he's drinking his holler roast, I guess, he could be like, you know what, this is a particularly good cup of coffee today. Boop. And instantly, holler roast, the cold sauce, would get a thousand sets. They weren't looking at how can I make more money. They were looking about how can I give more value back to people. It's a spirit of generosity. So I don't mean to too soapbox you today. I don't want to push too much of it in. I am committed to bringing most of the Bitcoin technology stuff on, on the breakout episodes only. But this, again, this is not about Bitcoin. This is about tech. This is about sovereign technology systems. STS. Somebody's to make a company called that now. Rip that off, right? Go ahead. I don't care. As long as you do good things with it. You know, Adam says people see me to cash out Bitcoin to use it. For now. For now. For now. We will see. But who cares? Who cares? What do you do with your Bitcoin? Do you spend it or do you keep it? See, and you keep it. If, you, if you're a stacker, you, you don't spend your Bitcoin. These systems are beautiful because 
what I was just saying about strikes. If you wanted to, like you say, yo, Jack, I'd like to tip you on Fout. I'd like to tip the Permaculture Pimpcast with Billy Bond. I'd like to tip the soon-to-be-coming Ken Berry podcast. Yep, really, it's going to happen. We're going to wait till I tell you how that happened, but I'm not going to tell you just yet, right? But I only got like a hundred sats for listening. Well, throw five bucks in there. Get the Strike app. Get the Cash app. Have five bucks in cash. Go fund wallet. Copy the code. Click. You're going to click receive, and you're going to drop it in, and it's going to basically receive an invoice and send it. And in seconds, you'll have like you know forty, fifty thousand, whatever sats it is. Then start giving some value away. Don't worry about what you get. Worry about what you give. Start making some clips and things like that. That's tech. That's a better system. Right now, Fountain is a baby. I got more stuff coming on that in a bit. Let's talk about some of the stuff that I got starred. Uh, Ryan says hydroponics is the future. It indeed is. Uh, I think hydroponics is a big part of the future of growing the vegetables that it does well with. I don't think we're going to grow grain with hydroponics, and I don't think we're going to really grow a lot of the more complex indoor uh, systems for more complex plants. I think it is a it is a technology. We should see it as a technology that has Really great use. John L. says, there is no grass in East Texas. Sales have doubled at sale bars already. Buy your beer now or beef now. Uh, yeah, that's because East Texas is usually where all the, like the West Texas guys, when they're having a bad year, they buy their hay from the East Texas guys. Not happening this year. This is bad news. Um, Troy says, 110 is top for, for MOS requirements. So if you have a GT, a general technical score of 110, you can get any job that the Army has. I don't know if that's true of other things like the Air Force might have higher standards. Um, I think general technical is within a few points of an IQ, and I think it's a little lower. So I, I would guess, based on what I've been able to glean from it, like a person with a 110 GT is going to be in the IQ range of somewhere between 115 and 120. So smart. Smart. Not genius, but smart. Um there's a lot of jobs you can have like a 90 or an 85. It's kind of scary what some of them are. Uh, this is an interesting question. Trammell says, how would the draft work with the jab refusal? It's interesting, isn't it? So just the way draft works. Dear Mr. Trammell, you got a letter in the mail and it says you are to report to the United States Army, you know, at this particular place at this particular time. You are now a, you are now a recruit. You're a soldier. You don't really earn the title soldier till after basic, but you are a soldier from an administrative standpoint. If you don't show up, we will come and put you in jail. When you do show up, you will then be given an order to receive the injections that you're supposed to receive. And then you would be in defiance of orders, and then they would decide how they would handle that if that worked out that way. But that's... Uh, K-Bomb said, could they increase the age range of the draft? I don't see why not, but they would need an act of Congress to do it. It would be basically redoing the whole law that's already there. I guess it could be done with some sort of amendment, not of the Constitution, but amendment process to the law. Understand that the, the, the power here comes from, from law, not directly from the Constitution. There's not like a constitutional amendment or something that says, well, actually there is gives government the power to do this, but the means by which it's done is defined in law. Uh, Liberty Meat Solution says minnows will eat mosquito larvae. I agree. Uh, but 
the minnow species that does the best that's available almost anywhere in the country is the gambrosia, also known as the mosquito fish. Uh, K-Bonk says, Miley brought up China this AM in a press conference, telegraphing uh, maybe. Uh, here's what I think is going to happen with this thing. If we start moving toward the draft in its peacetime scenario, there will be more resistance to it by everybody. So if you can make people think we're on the eve of war and make them afraid, they will agree to things that they normally wouldn't agree to. This is going to be an interesting thing to watch play out if they do it, though. Because we are in a weird world, are we not? Well, I'm drafted. Well, did you amend things so that you can draft women? Because I identify as a woman, and you said that's a thing now. Just as one example. Just as one example. So first you have to amend the, 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 the law to say that women are equal and hence can be drafted. Because what prevents anybody who doesn't want to go instead of running to Canada like they did during the Vietnam War, which with hindsight, you know, they got a lot of shit for it back then, but they were the smarter people avoiding that war altogether. There was no reason to get involved in that war. It was a bad decision. But today, instead of running to Canada, you just go down to the DMV and say, I, from now on, I identify as a queer, non-binary, transgender, testicle-eating octopus or whatever, and I'm female, so I can't be drafted, right? How does that work in this world of snowflakes? How does it work in a world where, like, during World War One and the draft that continued after World War One, they drew down, and there was another peacetime draft in there where we were short on personnel, the entire school lunch program came from that period of time because of how many young men were deemed not fit for duty due to nutritional problems. There's, I, I don't know, man. It's going to be an interesting thing to watch play out. Uh, Liberty Meat Solution says jab refusal in a draft, not following orders, military prison removal of rights, forced jab in a cage, followed by slave labor. That's how it would work. Prison is big business. Something. Something. Um, I don't know. It would be clean cut. And it would probably be a variety of solutions. Reality doesn't live anywhere close to head. I don't know exactly what you mean, but I agree with that. Uh, SOE equipment says what she means is they caused it. Yeah, I think we was talking about Janet Yellen there. Yeah. Like, we're telling you it's going to be okay, even though we caused the problem. Absolutely. Um, Colt says this coming from the same lady that admitted she misread inflation. So again, Yellen. Yeah, exactly. But don't worry about it. It'll be okay this time. I'm sure it'll be transitory. Uh, what happened to two weeks in YouTube jail from Tom? Uh, I don't know exactly what happened. I appealed the decision, which is kind of like peeing into a really strong wind. My appeal was rejected, but the number of days I was suspended from uploading and live streaming content was reduced. So I don't know. If that had something to do with it or not. But it did say 14 days initially. It became seven. Father Stew is one of the best movies ever. Never heard of it. I'll have to look it up. K-Bong says, here, here, Jack, sing it loud. I think he's talking about my soapbox on the Bitcoin networks and creating these federated mints or something like it. Thank you, K-Bong. Less than 50% don't forget diamonds here. Oh, thumbs up. Yeah, man. Give this video a thumbs up if you haven't done so already, if you've been listening to this long. There's over 200 still in the live stream. And uh, network effects are power to the people. Yeah, network effects are power to the people. 
if the people understand the network effect. That's something that's really important. That's what makes self-custody so powerful uh, in a network is being able to uh, to do that. Uh, Adam says direct conflict, NATO versus Russia odds. I think rather low. I don't think anybody wants that. I'm not going to say impossible. I'm not going to say impossible. Heavy Metal Thunder says, hey, Jack, any recommendations for a garden hose timer orbit? I'm talking about the mechanical one now. I couldn't tell you an electronic one off the top of my head, but orbit the little ones. You just turn them. Go to Amazon. Well, go to tspaz.com and, you know, start your shopping there. But when you get to Amazon, search for orbit mechanical timer. They're like 10 to 15 bucks. They'll last a couple seasons and you'll have to discard them. I don't know of like one that lasts multiple seasons. And then understand that when I say that, it may not be the case. The date only lasts that long. It's my water is probably what's killing them because my water is so hard. I can put your eye out with a, uh, with a, a straw and a hard blow. Uh, next up, Silnus says, what happens if Pelosi visits Taiwan? Who the hell knows? Maybe, maybe, maybe the Taiwanese, you know, throw her in the ocean. I don't know. It'd be nice of them to do that for us. Anyway, I, I do want to tell you guys, I did skip a bullet point. And I just want to hit it real quick. Automation this year. This trout, I am, I, I think it's important that I share things that didn't work out for me. So like my gardens this year suck. One of them's okay. My four big gardens. The other ones have some stuff hanging on. I'm killing everything. I'm solar. I'm killing. I'm using the opportunity. This year's going to suck for production. I'm putting down clear plastic. I'm solarizing everything. I have great compost that I'll bring in and I'm putting in an automated drip irrigation system that I'm going to build from scratch out of PVC. Where, cause regular dripper lines here, they, again, the water, they clog. So I'm gonna be, and it, it, so it's not gonna be like ideal with the amount of area that I have to irrigate. So I'm gonna just space things out a little bit more and I'm making some changes to that. It will probably be on the little orbit timers that we talked about at first just to get it up and running for the fall garden. Uh, but I, w- I have power out there. So I will end up putting in an electronic timer with solenoids and then I just forget about that. My West Pasture, that's that's going to happen this by this fall too. I at this point see so much of a case for automation. If you can automate it, you should automate it. One more time, if you can automate it, you should automate it. And if we get into really tough times, where we have to change our personal protocols, our family protocols for security and all, you have less, not more time to see to this stuff. So one more time, if you can automate it, automate it. Uh, next up, I did want to tell you about our item of the day. Like I said, do your shopping at tspaz.com. You can help us out no matter what you eventually buy. I wanted to show you today's item of the day. These things are awesome. These are Taiwanese chili peppers. They're from a vendor on Amazon called Asia Trendy. I looked at my order history. The first time I ordered from this company was 2013. They still cost about the same. They ship from Thailand. They are an amazing pepper. I know they look like they will set you on fire and you will die if you eat them. If you started eating them like potato chips, you probably would. If you make the chili garlic oil, and I tell you right here how to make the chili garlic oil, and then I go down here and I tell you how to make a modified version of the chili garlic oil, my where I do an addition of ginger and coriander and cumin. This stuff is so flipping delicious, and it's not that spicy. In fact, I've had people ask me, well, actually, I'd like a little more kick to it. 
throw half of a half a habanero de-seeded in there the first time you make it, go from there. Or some other fresh hot pepper to infuse a little more heat. These things have a very mellow, warming heat. I also give instruction for making the best chili garlic chicken wings you will ever make in your life. And a bag of these things is like six bucks. And they are dried. Okay, so they're not any, like they weren't freeze dried. They're just dried out in the sun. And so that means if you want to grow them yourself, well, the seeds will germinate. I've done it, and you can do that. But, again, you can always help support us just by starting your online shopping at tspaz.com. And if you go to tspaz, if you're watching the video right now, you can see all the deals of the day, current items of the day, all of our categories reviewed just like that. And we are running a sale on MSB. Uh, I will give some numbers of people who have bought using the troll discount code later this week, but there's a lot of you taking advantage of it. Uh, you go to the survivalpodcast.com, click on members. You can sign up there if you want to pay with crypto, Bitcoin, et cetera. There's an option for that. That's a manual process, and I'll send you an invoice or a, an address manually if you're going to do that. Since it's only a membership that's once a year product, it's just easier to do that than integrate BitPay server or something like that. Um, but if you use discount code troll right now, instead of $50 a year, you'll pay $30. One person did, in fact, order an account, immediately emailed me and said, please cancel the renewal on that account because I already have another account, and I bought that for, under your suggestion, my imaginary friend, tip my hat to monetizing trolls. So thanks for that. And remember, you can always do value for value on Founder, other value for value podcast services, and I appreciate that. Without you guys supporting what I do, I could not do this every day. I could not bring you content like this. I could not bluntly spend a big part of all my days thinking about the kinds of solutions to problems that I laid out for you today. It is because of you that I can, and I thank you for it. With that, tomorrow we will have Texas Slim on. He's an incredible guy. He's doing something called the, 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 the Texas Beef Initiative, but he's now spreading it all over the country. He just got back from Colorado connecting people directly to their local ranchers, buying the highest quality protein they can get, and paying with Bitcoin. I think it's going to be a great episode. Really looking forward to having Slim on. And with that, it's been Jack Spirico with another edition of the Survival Podcast, helping you figure out how to live that better life if times get tough or even if they don't. You pull yourself up, they keep bringing you down. Are they gonna bail you out or just run you around? They said you should have a house the American way. A dollar down, a dollar a month, and you never have to pay. There's a better way to do this. Let me show you a better way You don't have to be another face in the crowd You don't have to live the way they tell you to Make your own way The others will follow Revolution Revolution